When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. everybody, welcome to episode 193 of Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas for your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. Uh, today we are celebrating, that's right, the Wings off the shine, uh, breaking that three-game losing streak, uh, back on the winning side if we take down the Islanders, still have playoff spot, that's right, Mike, we are holding the last wildcard spot in the East, um, it's funny, like, you're frozen right now in your celebration dance, but um, I think the internet connection is really bad again. So you were freezing the whole time. Anyway, oh, man. Like All my cool I, dance moves so were just... for not. What a waste. <laughs> it's just, oh. yeah, you got you got a freeze frame. It was pretty cool. Hey, shout out to Jay Giles and the boys. <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows that reference. Um, uh, how are we still having to cling into a playoff spot? Oh, because we've played four more games in Boston. Got it. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's uh, performance there. <laughs> What's up? Ciao a tutti. Ciao a tutti to you. I hope I'm not saying that wrong. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it, that, that's one of the things on Twitter right now is everybody um, begging uh, folks not to bring up the points percentage, but let's just enjoy the moment and the playoff spot that we currently hold. Um yeah, but I mean, if we were if we were honest, I mean, we, we've got some troubles ahead, and there's some rough waters. Um, it's all right, and we'll go over uh, a little bit later, right? Yeah, let's do that. Um, but I know we want to hone in on a couple things today. Um, a little home cooking. Um, some some folks playing playing real real well against some Islanders, and a uh, I don't know if we I don't think we made time for it on the last episode because I don't think it had occurred yet. But uh, a breaking news, um, long-term contract signed by Eiserman, uh for one of Matt's favorite Detroit Red Wings. Oh, right. Um, I completely forgot to make a slide for that, but I think I put it in the notes. Um, yeah, I don't know how you forgot. He's one of your favorite Red Wings, Matt. Of course, I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek because I'm always making the case for this guy, and Matt is always bringing me back down to earth with the deep-cut analytics. And... Even Look, in the, he's fine. He's 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 good. He does some positive things, Matt, and he's he's on the right side of thirty-five. So I like this deal. The right side of thirty-five. Honestly, is he even twenty-five yet? He's on the right he's... side of fifty. Uh, he's so he could still play. He's. <laughs> What's well, on um, today? Do you want to talk? How did I do that? Or do you want to talk? Let's talk this contract, Matt. <clears throat> yeah, I mean it's it's fine. I don't. Oh, good gravy! Come on. Go to half of the screen like you're supposed to. There you go. There it is. Everybody already knew what we were talking about. All right, so Fabry's got his three-year deal, $4 million, uh, per year. Uh, a little bit. <clears throat> uh, it's it's in a good spot, right? Like, uh, if you're comparing him across the rest of the team, it it, it makes sense, like, where uh, Bertuzzi's at and Larkin's at. They're above him. Uh, it's, it's just, it's one of those things where when I saw the number initially, I was kind of like, eh, all right, I, I guess, I guess that's fine. Like, I, I don't know if I had to guess what his salary number would be, or you know what? That's the wrong question. 
If I had to tell you what salary number I wanted Fabry to be at, it, it probably wouldn't have cracked four. But um, it doesn't really matter. It's only a three-year contract. He's still pretty young, and um, it just can't hurt us. I think that's the benefit. Uh, of, or, uh, Probably not the benefit. Benefit's the wrong word. It's the second time, and one explanation that I've chosen the wrong, the, the wrong word. But... Um, I mean, it's mutually beneficial deal, right? So it can't hurt the Red Wings. And it's it's at that point, even if I wasn't expecting four, still pretty fair value. So Robbie Fabry isn't getting screwed out of some money that he's owed, which is something that you and I have actually campaigned for a couple of players uh, in previous contracts that they should have been paid more. So um, it's just, you know, if I had to pick a guy on this team, I wouldn't have said Robbie Fabry, who has struggled defensively since becoming a Detroit Red Wing and, and before becoming a Detroit Red Wing is one of the guys that I would have pegged to be the first to get, you know, everything. Well, let me, let me ask you, let me ask you two questions. Um, is Fabry on the second line worth four? Well, I don't want to round it up because I think it sounds better. He's, is he worth 4.8? Four, four Wait, yeah, is four, he worth four million on the second line is fine. Like that. No, like I was going to ask. Doesn't, he's, doesn't... Yeah, he's four point eight seven percent of the cap space. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that the problem? You think that that's a, a fine number? Um, even if he's four point eight seven percent of the cap space, I think fingers crossed on the third line because that would mean that we have some more depth um, at the NHL level. Right, and, and you got to figure, too, as we continue to fill out this team, there's going to be a lot of room for extra cap because um, we're going to keep filtering in younger guys, and those entry-level contracts are going to figure into play. So we'll, we'll, we'll be happy. You know, it, it's not going to kill us. This is, this is that point for the Detroit Red Wings where um, we're, not, we're not forced to nickel and dime guys, and I think Robbie Fabry's uh, benefiting from it um soap dish thrown out there we overpaid he's a third liner in my opinion right and and like we talked about just a minute ago he plays some first line for us for four million for second liner doesn't hurt at all uh but right even even i will say soap dish even when he hits the third line we're still gonna be fine because we're gonna have so many young guys that are coming in and out trying the the third and fourth line positions even in the second line we'll have some guys that are severely underpaid think about you know the, the, the likes of more insider and lucas raymond um and uh right now current financial projections uh show that the next big expansion of the cap mike is going to be when insider and raymond are getting their new contracts so this just flat out doesn't hurt us in any way, shape, or form. And like I said, Fabry's getting money and uh, probably more than he deserved, like we've we've discussed. So, well, yeah, I think upset. they're uh, yeah. I mean, they're not paying him for past performance. They're paying him for we still think that he has room to grow. Um, he doesn't have the injury bug that was bothering him in St. Louis. Uh, maybe we could still kind of teach him how to play some defense. And you know, it looks like we have some prospects coming up. And this is going to be a pretty interesting guy to have on your third line. Um, so yeah, I guess my question for you, Matt, is we know that the Red Wings cap sheet, you know, uh, going into the next offseason, and especially the season after that, uh, where essentially it's going to be a team of Fabry and Rasmussen and Hronik. <clears throat> Why, knowing that we have so many guys coming off the books next season? Um why do you think Fabry was the first domino to get a deal of all those names? Um, so let's let's go through that list, right? Who's whose contracts? Yeah, I'll draw, I'll throw uh, them in there for you because I have it up. Um, oh, so yeah, we're looking I just at pulled it up. I pulled it up. Yeah, we're looking screen. at uh, Nemesnikov, um, or restricted free agent deal for Zadina. And then you're looking at Gagne. I don't know if you want to car- count Carter Rowney, um, but we know all those. You know, left-sided defensemen are all coming up too. Nick Letty, DeKaiser, um, and then you know potentially uh, yeah, Thomas Grice is going to be a factor, right? Grice is a contract you have to worry about. Um, um, Stetcher, Mark Stahl, um, another restricted free agent. Which man, he's really making it tough to get a long-term deal. Is Mitchell Stevens, who's hurt again? Um, yeah. But yeah, of those names, um, why do you think Red uh, Fabry was first? 
I think it just comes back to our conversation about how excited we all are for some of our defensive prospects, which I've scrolled down to, uh, to get a shot at looking at them. And we don't really have a lot of forward prospects. Um, we're going to talk later in the show about how uh, Taro Hirose is getting another shot uh, coming up, uh, probably because of Fabry and Rasmussen are uh, hitting COVID protocol. But um, that's not a name you get excited about. Uh, Taro Hirose is 25 in our um, prospect episode. I stated like I'm counting him because I knew he was going to get another shot uh, in the lineup this season. But um you know, it was like I, I briefly went over Taro Hirose because the asterisk that goes along with that is he is forever a Grand Rapids Griffin and he will every now and then get, to get a shot with the Wingdings. Um, and that that's that's a pretty good career, Mike, for, for a hockey player. So I think there's a lot uh, to be desired on the forward side. And if, if Steve's looking at upcoming free agent market and he knows he's building some chemistry with a Robbie Fabry, um, and this is a guy that he specifically traded for too. So there, you know, there's always that I think, um, that comes into play as much as we all love Steve Eiserman. Um, sometimes you have to look at what GMs do as a whole and they do like to double down on their own deals to kind of, uh, yeah, like they're handpick uh, guys over, you know, exactly. The, um, uh, and you know, who's not brain, a handpick guy, guy, uh, somebody had to make sure they brought that up to me was, was Zadina. So, I wonder if this contract was just easier to get done and have it out of the way. And um, it, it's probably how the dominoes would have fell if Zadina <laughs> was going into the off seasons, uh, you know, with, with his restricted free agent contract still needed to be signed. And then Fabry's contract needed to be signed. Um, I, I bet Fabry still would have signed first. So he's probably getting some, like I said, you know what? You, you just want to get, you want to get your ducks in a row. You want to get some things crossed off. And I, I feel like that's what this kind of was because if this if this was a longer deal uh, or something like that, then yeah, I think this conversation would have gone a little bit longer. I don't think you'd have a contract out there right now that would have been offered to Fabry for anything longer than this. It's just um, I'll, I'll come back to that that the the phrase of mutually beneficial. I think this is going to fill a hole for the wing somewhere, even if it is an overpay for a couple of seasons those are going to be seasons where we're not strapped for cash. So it's, it's completely fine. Um, and we keep going into every season, you know, starting the conversation, is this going to be the season where we start to spend? Um, but even in the, like, you know, the, the scenario where we do finally spend and pick up a couple of huge guys, there's still a ton of room. I mean, it's not like you increase Robbie Fabry's contract from in the hundred thousand range, you're like, you know, sub million. And now he's getting paid 4 million. You, you gave him a pay increase of $1.05 million. So it's, it's fine. It's, it, there's nothing here. Yeah. I think, I think that's the long and short of it. If some people want to talk about that, Zadina's on his way out and they need to make sure that they have a winger. Uh, and I don't know if that's what you were insinuating. I, I, my first guess is that the 22 year old forward who shows a lot of effort and promise defensively is not the first guy you're, you want to ship out. But if there's a deal out there, maybe that came into play, but I don't think you sign a guy with an expiring contract because you have another trade coming through, right? Like there's no rush to sign Robbie Fabry. I think this is more about things lining up contract lengthwise and uh, the dollar amount not being too out of, uh, I mean, it's still, it's, it's a good value for Robbie Fabry. I yeah, would say. Like I, it's I in it's, that range. You, you probably I, have I plus or minus a half million to keep them in that, the happy range. Yeah. I mean, I, for a player that we know Fabry's shown flashes um, as far as goal scoring goes and how tough it's been for this Red Wing team to get goals, you know, especially outside of, you know, this, this first line and we're relying so heavily on a, um, my God, is he still, yeah, he's still 19 years old <laughs> and Lucas Raymond. So I feel like with Fabry, it's almost, it's almost like, I wasn't surprised when I saw this, um, you know, come across, come across like the, uh, the crawl. Cause I mean, they're, show, they're getting a guy that Iserman picked. They're getting a guy who still has prime years ahead of him. Um, you know, at age 25. So you're going to be paying, you know, a 26, 27, 28 year old, um, all his prime years, about 4 million. And I, I don't think that that's, you know, that much. Right on the button, $4 million. <laughs> uh, Yeah, right 
right on the button. Um, oh no, Mike, did I lose you? Or did no, you guys I'm still lose here. me? Oh, no, I think okay. you're still there. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, as far as the other options go, um, I mean, I think it would boil down to um, Nick Letty, Nemestikov, or Zadina. Um, and I feel like Letty being 30 and he's been serviceable. I, I don't, I don't think he's blown anybody, you know, out of the water with this play. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, there's still whispers about him being trade bait and you don't add years to a guy's contract. If he's potentially going to get traded at the deadline, um, you know, the Red Wings kind of tumble down the standings a little bit. I, so um, just making the argument. He, he thinks Fabry is now more appealing because he has that longer term contract. Um, I I don't think that that's the move. I think Eiserman is planning on keeping this guy around for a little bit. Um, I think the weird one is Nemesnikov, if only because I didn't realize he was so close to 30. Um, and that's going to be kind of a tough contract because we know how many different hats that guy wears as a Red Wing. Um, you know, where he kind of had that little burst of offense to start the season. Um, and he was, you know, one of our top goal scorers. But we rely on him so heavily on the penalty kill to play defense. Um, he takes face off, but he'll play either wing. So is he a guy who's like in line for a, a Fabry like raise? Cause we got him, we got him for a song, you know, with 2 million. Um, and so I feel like as far as, you know, why Fabry first, I think Nemestikov is probably thinking, I probably played myself into a raise. And I don't know if that's something that Eisman wants to pay uh, to a guy who's you know about to turn 30. And then with Zadino, I, I would. There's no way Zadina would sign a contract right now before the goals are on the stat sheet. Um, you know, that's that's, that's the guy who's going to wait yeah, till that, the offseason. That's the game. That's the game I play in the video game. I have some guy go on a cold streak for a little bit, and I'm like, all right, time to sign this guy. We're going to get him about two or three million under value right now. That's, <laughs> yeah. What if I have a big <laughs> in the video game? If I have a big guy, you know, big. Uh, uh, like one of my highest overalls, like his contracts coming up and I can get, you know, get them to sign their next contract. I will simulate that season because I know the video game is not going to play as good as me. So I'll simulate like half that season, go in. He's got like 20 points and 40 games and he's my top forward. You know, now he's signing seven years for, you know, six million. And then I, I can just, you know, I'll jump back in at that point. He'll finish the year. Win the That's what the, give the people what they want, Matt. They love hearing Matt's fantasy hockey video game team. <laughs> um, That's how you do it, folks. Yeah, um, um, yeah I just, uh, I, I, it just feels like a no-brainer to me. This is a guy with prime years ahead of him. Um, I, I don't feel like we've seen the best out of Fabry. Um, it feels like he does get better from season to season. And the other options, I, I you know, we know Zadina wants to do more before he signs. We know Nemestikov is... Man, that's going to be a tough deal um, to figure out the math on. I will say this. I I think Nemestikov could have been picked up by Seattle. Um, and I think he came here because there wasn't a lot of... Uh, I don't think there were a lot of offers when we picked him up, to be completely honest. And then this was something, too, where he could uh, come home of sorts. Uh, so I, I think... I think Nemistikov is one of those deals that he'll fall in the same range and you could even decrease his pay because he is getting older and he's coming outside of that, that rate, that age range where your play statistically declines. So Nemistikov, I think is a much easier deal to sign. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think there was any, I don't think there's a huge chance that Letty's coming back. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I think I think they're ready to start making space. Um, so I, I just don't see that contract getting signed. But I, I'm ready to move on. I, I'm hemming and hawing. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I, it's I, just think interesting main... because it talks so much about like the philosophy of of Iserman, like managing a team. I think the main thing for this is that you said you think Fabry has more to give. I think if he has less to give, if it declines, this still doesn't hurt us because we're going to be in a great range of like losing that contract it's not super lengthy you know it's and it's still something where he'll produce so i i think he could still decline and i still this deal doesn't bother me um i did want to talk about mike oh my gosh <laughs> right well i gotta, gotta get that wreath out of there I gotta, yeah. yeah figure out this overlay i thought this was a really good idea uh <laughs> i like 
that uh, the score, uh, NHL, if Ovechkin catches Gretzky, this is what they posted this morning, uh, credit his massive edge in overtime goals. I thought this was hilarious, Mike, because Canada, Mike, is shaking in their boots. Ovi's going to do it. We all know he's going to do it. He's going to break Gretzky's record. Uh, but, Mike, did you know that Canada will be forced to disband as a functioning governing body when Ovechkin breaks the record? Did you know why? Uh, that, that that would be the reason why uh, Canada is so scared of, uh, of Ovechkin to break this record. I, honestly, Mike, I can't get enough of this because I know he's going to break the record. And seeing Canada shaking their boots that, uh, like, some of the messages I saw today said... I want the great one to stay the great one. And that's why they don't want Ovechkin to break the record. Like I got those replies today on Twitter. I don't get like, that's too bad. This is, he's already the best goal scorer in the NHL of all time for me. He's yeah, I mean, this is a guy tougher for competition, tougher goaltenders, harder rules and Le- leg pads. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what I, what game are we playing where we're still going to go? Like what goalies were trying to do toe kicks to stop pucks. That, that that makes Gretzky the better goal scorer. Not even close. Ovechkin, best goal scorer of all time in the NHL. Uh, I hope we get the comments too to, to, uh, to fight that, to fight us. But if, you, if you're still not on board, if you still think Gretzky's the best goal scorer of all time just because of the number... I'm sorry. He could still be the great one. That's fine. He did pretty good with assists, Mike. <laughs> but Ovechkin, clearly, he's going to break this record eventually, and he's he's had tougher competition. Let's uh, right? Are we all are we all done? I think the Red Wings rant faithful agree. Um, it's yeah. Performance art said it best. Like even when Ovi breaks it, it, it he's Gretzky is still Gretzky. Like. I, I don't know why Canada so like they're trying to make excuses for this. Like Ovechkin's going to be like calling calling Gretzky the greatest goal scorer of all time isn't really what it has ever been about, right? Uh, not in, in my book. It's it's he was the great one because it was like the, the probably is this just some patriotism here? So it's like oh, I mean this is probably. this is all this is all we got, eh? It's, if we lose hockey, what do we got left? Maple syrup and polar bears. I mean. <laughs> Jared Shaw thinks Mickey's going to throw a, throw a ginger ale at me for, for this comment. Um, I'm fine with that. You know Listen, what I even am? If I'm you lose, even if you lose hockey, Canada, you still win comedy, right? Yeah, we still got comedy. And all of our favorite people are from the North. I mean, Martin like the Jim Carrey's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I just wanted to bring this up to see if we could get anybody angry. Uh, but clearly, we don't have too much uh, content here. But yeah, go go Ovechkin. It's, uh, he's good in my book. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like we need to do an asterisk right now. Um, if we're going to do asterisks, we should bring up the goalies that the two of those guys have faced. That would be a, a pretty long series of asterisks. Yeah, just the skill level. That's all we got to talk about. It's not even. I mean, Gretzky took it. advantage of the situation he was in, right? Yeah, good for him. I just, if I were to compare the two worlds, you know, it's kind of like for me, um, Michael Jordan did win more titles than LeBron James. No question about it. But Jordan, I don't feel like he battled against any excellent teams where, like, LeBron faced some historical obstacles in his way, like the Golden State Warriors with one of the great offensive teams ever created. The greatest three-point shooter of all time. Yeah, I, I I don't know. It's in, in it's, a game that was on that was focused on three point shooting. It's crazy. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. It, they they're they're both excellent in their own way. I do feel like objectively though, because uh, I know you're a bigger you know hockey fan than I am. It it just feels like you can kind of size up you know the experience that both of them had about to shoot the same puck from the same spot on the ice. And it's just a, a, a feels like worlds are different in terms of the difficulty level. Um, it just feels like Ovi had a tougher experience. I mean, we know both, what Gretzky's life was like. I mean, the 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 scouting too. Like, think about the expansion of where you can find players now, comparing two generations. Um, you know, it's just the game's better. It players feels like a more global better. approach too. Like you're you're playing the best players in the world. 
where you know I don't think we've quite gotten that reach, um, yeah. ex, you know, expanded that far yet in the NHL when Gretzky was great. So he's Uh-oh. playing a lot of excellent Canadians and Americans. Here, here you go, Mike. So the best era. Get out of here. What are you? What are you gonna bring John Stockton to the table? Get out of here, selfish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the mailman, Carl Malone. Get out of here. Party, no. uh, Mike, you had the dream team. Gary Payton and the Pips. Woo! Everybody on the dream team, Mike. That's... Yeah, a bunch of has-beens. Broken Isaiah Thomas. Broken Magic Johnson. And broken <laughs> Larry Legend Bird. I just meant yeah. he faced those guys while they were so- somewhat yeah, they were in broken. the Performance art ending the conversation here because I, I agree with this and we'll move on. Gretzky will go down as the best all around player. Is uh, it though? I mean, right. I was going to say, about Pavel like that game. Uh, <laughs> have we forgotten about Pavel already? Come on. And then Ovi will just be the greatest goal scorer. Uh, so I, I guess I kind of half agree with that performance art. But yeah, I mean, this is about Ovi Ov being the greatest goal scorer. And I hope I've said that enough times so far. But. Uh, Oh, here's Soap Dish. He's got he's got magic. He's got bird. At the end of their careers, I don't even know who what are Idaho we doing? is. Yeah, who's Idaho? Is that Larry, the great potato, Larry the Legend, the big potato? Who's that? <laughs> no, and Mike's not saying that those guys were bad, but I I think you like as every sport has progressed, the talent level has too. The strategy has progressed. Like people have figured out what Michael Jordan was able to do. And they've created defenses to stop that. So that's like as the sport progresses, as the players are scouted across the planet, the game gets better. So I think that's really the long and short of it. So sure, there are favorite our favorite players of all time played in different eras. But the, I mean, it has gone miles beyond uh, every sport: football, baseball, soccer. Hockey, basketball, they have gone miles beyond where the sport was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. It's just, that's what happens with every facet of life. Like we are, we are constantly improving. Is it time to go? Yeah, go for it. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. So even as a Lion fan, even we managed to score a point. <laughs> if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score. With promo code THPN, this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner, the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One for customer restrictions. Apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Mike, speaking of future, uh, <laughs> Lucas Raymond, uh, Mort Sider. Um, Mike, I'm starting to shake in my own boots right now as, as Canada. Uh, is right now as, as Ovechkin catches Gretzky. Are you worried about your uh, your calder over there? Mike? I'm worried about my bet for Lucas Raymond because Mord Sider looked so goddamn good last night <laughs> getting the puck to Larkin for that power play goal. I mean, the um, I should I pull up the play? I should probably pull up the play. Give give me a minute, folks. I'll pull up the play here. You guys can watch it with us. But um, I I did I will say. We're going to limit the replays tonight because we did get our last episode. Uh, we got in trouble. We got a uh, little, little slap on the wristy here. Um, so we'll be quick. Did we have the sound on for a second or what? I, I don't know what happened. I, I was pretty sure that I kept it off, but we, we got in trouble anyway. So let's just, here's, you know, we'll, we'll do it quick. Uh, we'll, we'll try not to just share the video. I'm going to try and stop it and we'll slow it down. So anybody listening to the podcast, you're going to have a dandy old time, uh, cause you won't be able to hear or see any of it, but everybody watching on YouTube, come join us. Uh, oh no, oh, there's man, sound. I got audio. Oh, All right. No, it's back. 
Man, you're Come trying on. to get us canceled. What are you there doing? Rewind. Come back here. All right. So, Cider's got the puck in the back here. This is from our boy Lucky Luke Raymond. Look, now, now this is why this is so important. Cider's going to rag the puck just long enough that they're going to make it more difficult for any of, oh, you know what, you guys can't see my my mouse but uh, or my cursor. But the beauty of this play is Cider's going to bring more Islanders toward him and further away from Larkin. That's going to give him more time to get the puck on the net. Now, I am not watching this play thinking, wow, what a shot by Larkin. It's more or less just making sure that we do get this shot on net. And that's where this whole play revolves around Mo Sider and what he's doing here with the puck. And it's a great job by Lucas to make sure the puck gets to Sider. And it isn't a bad job by Larkin to make sure the puck is thrown at the net. But this entire play, oh, excuse me, this entire play is Mo Sider. So, um, oh, shoot. It's, oh, there's my cursor. You can see it. So there's Sider. He's got the puck uh, in the, on the left-hand side of your screen. And we're going to kind of bring this up slowly. But look at this move where he's going. He, he's putting his body out in front of the Islander player so he can rag it for that much longer. Now, if you look on the bottom part of the screen, look at where Larkin is and all the space he's going to have. And the longer that when we back up here, the longer that Sider's holding this, the more space that he's getting. Larkin finally has the puck. And these Islanders aren't going to have enough time to be able to block it or or make the right positional move to make sure that this isn't as good as a shot on net as Larkin's going to get. And, of course, on its way in, bounces off a couple of folks. And if I could hit play, we've got a goal. Yeah, I think we've talked about that a few times, whether it's defensively or offensively, um, making a smart play like that for Cider um, or... I've seen him a you know a few times um, like on some penalty kills where he's really good at lining up a, a dump right to the other side of the ice before he just launches it and it just gives you that extra couple seconds where the other teams like maybe starting to skate towards him a little bit and they're wasting time doing that and then he gets to burn a couple more seconds while they're coming towards him then he gets to dump it all the way to the other side the guy's just he's too smart uh, for how young he is. And he has no NHL experience except for this season. So it's it's pretty stunning. Um, just these, you know, what a second, you know, how much difference a second can make. And it feels like he's really um, got that awareness. He's really cognizant of that. And it, it shows up all over the stat sheet. Um, that's how he's getting all those assists and, you know, being such a positive factor because he is doing those smart little moves. And I got to think Blaschel's just got to be on the bench. We got to start having Blaschel cam. Every time Cider's out there just doing that that dad kind of shaking the head, I'm so proud of you look. <laughs> um, so performance are thrown out there. He just gets it. Uh, Jared, uh, low offensive potential in quotes. Did I miss something? Um, is that... I'm pretty sure that was three or four uh, articles on The Athletic, Jared. But did you have someone specific who said that? What was one of the scouting reports who dropped that one? Um. But yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I, I just didn't know if you were, yeah, if somebody made that comment about, about Cider is why I uh, kind of wanted to point that out. Uh, performance are thrown out there too. I can't remember ever seeing a defense, uh, a defensive player this young playing this well beyond his years. Soap dishes comment. That was about our previous conversation where he says, most <clears throat> things don't progress. That's not. So let's fast forward. Cause he was talking about our other conversation about how sports don't progress. Mo Sider is a great example of how you've been able to develop players and find them across the planet and helped your own sport and your country get better because Mo Sider looks amazing. And how many guys in the league are actually from Germany? You've got Leon Dreisaitl, scatter of a few, but we're going to be scouting in this country. Tim Stutzler? See the potential. Exactly. Talking about so Dish, because he, he, Mike, he was throwing in jabs while we were doing our replays. He's like, not true at all. Most things don't progress. That's nuts. Soap dish. That is, I don't know, man. You're crazy to say most things don't progress. I, oh, so yeah, just look at cell phones. <laughs> I don't know. Most things don't, pro everything progresses, my man. I don't, I don't know. You've really got me. Oh. Maybe he's, I think he's dropped some sarcasm. He's got me shook. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got me shook. Yeah. Um, Jared, when he was drafted. Okay. Thank you. That's, uh, that's what that quote was from. 
Um, I mean, re right. Remember the you know hush what? that fell over the crowd when when Iserman went for Vader? Oh. No, it wasn't even a hush. It was like, oh, oh. It was collective laughter. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember we made fun of it when our first episode started that we used to be able to have drops. Um, so we had a drop from TSN where they were actually like they cut to the guys at the table, guys at the booth, and they were all laughing at the Red Wings for taking Mo Cider. Um, I think maybe it wasn't TSN. It was Sportsnet because it was Jeff Merrick and he uh, they they closed in on Jeff Merrick and he was like, well, there's your first pick from Steve Eiserman. I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I don't know if that's on the button, uh, if that's verbatim, but it's pretty close where even Jeff Merrick, who all he does is watch. This sounds weird. All he does is watch kids play hockey. Um, yeah. Didn't get yeah, if, I remember them having a lot of issues. Like, uh, I don't know what highlight we're going to show. This is a, a shocking pick. You know, when you read those articles the next day, you're on the Bleacher Reports, you're on ESPN, and they're like, who won night one of the draft? You know, draft losers. Iserman. Who's Mo Sider? We don't know him. C minus. And it's like, they were all wrong. So feels pretty good. Yeah, it feels good. Uh, so we went over this for a second. Um <laughs> But I guess, yeah, I brought up that uh, that part of the replay. We can transition into the rest of the game. Um, because, yeah, now I'm shaking in my boots, Mike, because I think we're really impressed with Lucas Raymond. But we see more of these, like, the hockey IQ is, like, through the roof kind of plays from Mo Sider. We see more of them than we do see from Lucas. And I think Lucas has incredible ability. I'm not taking anything away. I put my money on Lucas Raymond, goddammit. But I think Mo Sider's starting to edge. <laughs> he's, he, he, if they play this right and judge it by not only production, but also like positionally, what are they doing right? I think, right? I mean, like through what, 25, 26 games? Who would you pick right now? I'd pick Moritz Sider. I think it's not like as far Lucas as like a, like a elongated, an elongated impact on shifts and other players i think it has to be cider because we've talked about it many times where he kind of feels like he's got a um i mean he's got a defensive pairing on the ice but it's kind of like you know whoever had that honor of playing with lidstrom um you know who's suddenly going to have an excellent game and their plus minus goes up and suddenly they're getting assists um I mean, you're suddenly just getting a, an amazing impact every time Slider's out there. And Lucas, I, you know, I don't really want to, you know, risk it. But, um, I mean, we have to admit, he is playing with Larkin. He is playing with Bertuzzi. He is, you know, getting a lot of power play time. So that's going to help with his numbers. He's incredibly skilled. You're right. So every time we, you know, add these caveats, it kind of feels like we're knocking him down a peg. But it just feels like if one I position was a little bit, I don't know if I want to use the word easier, but like easier to succeed, it would maybe be Lucas because of where he's at. Where Cider, I feel like he has so much more responsibility already. And Mag4973, um, just dropping everybody in there. And you absolutely should, Mag. All three rookies are lifting this team up. Yeah, because that's the other element of this game uh, that we need to talk about is, is Nadelkovich and how insanely... <laughs> Well, he's been playing at home, uh, but Meg, uh, 4973, thanks for joining us. I, I can't say that I remember sharing too many of your comments, so I'm, I'm glad you're here. Uh, but I think, uh, yeah. I think I've got that uh, I think I've got that somewhere around here. Because uh, what, what you want to do when you're thinking about these statistics that I'm about to show, good gravy, that's tiny. Um, <laughs> I blow this up for myself so I can read it. Uh, what, what we're looking at is, uh, Sorokin and, uh, Nadelkovic compared to each other, but really you just want to focus on Nadelkovic. Um, I mean, besides, right. Besides the letting in a goal late in the third period, this was, this was pretty much a shutout. Now these are these statistics for five on five. Um, so I think what they had an empty net is why, um, that's why he's still Nadelkovich is still at zero goals against while it was even strength. Uh, so he, he actually finishes this game, Mike five on five. Shut up. Bingo, bingo. Uh, his goal saved above expected actually jumps into like the four range. If you count the entire game, especially with what was going on at the end of the game. 
but uh, 2.67 for uh, five on five play. Very good. That's amazing, actually. I, I think even for his whole season right now, he's only a smidge above zero. So that, that kicks him pretty far into it. And that just goes to show, uh, you know, we've been talking about this 500 team, how it's kind of like, looks like one game on, one game off. And maybe now we're seeing it's more like, are we playing at home or away? Uh, definitely the same games being played with Ndelkovic here. And uh, this was that home game to turn everything around. And he's really showing off. Uh I don't know. Uh, they talk, they've been talking about his uh, ability to play with the puck. Um, that's actually making waves um, nationally. Like people are, are bringing up these statistics where he's going full games without making an error while handling the puck. And he's also handling the puck twice, three times as, me- as much as other goaltenders. So it, he's adding this other, this new element to the game that uh, you know is going to be something interesting for Steve as as he continues to build this team and he's trying to figure out which defensemen are going to help us win a cup. You know, like who who are going to what what defensemen are going to work well if we're going to hang on in Nedeljkovic kind of thing like that. That is that is special. That's like you have a catcher doing something different for a pitcher kind of thing, um, or you have a pitcher throwing you know a, a knuckleball. To a catcher, you know, like you've got to find the catcher that can actually do that. So at some point with the way that Nadelkovich plays the puck, you're going to have to start building your team around that if you want him to last long term. That's a conversation for another day. Very interesting. Very fun. Yeah, but... I mean, the stick handling is is incredible. I mean, he he's really talented at it. Um, I hope you get to watch him in person because there's a lot of plays you don't necessarily get to focus on, um, you know, watching it from the TV broadcast. But I say the other thing, too, is I, I can't remember – God, maybe since 2002, um, you know, with, with Hashik, the last time the Red Wings really had one of those goalies who had just like the poetry in motion um, where they, you know, almost, you know, doing the, the Cirque du Soleil ballet acts out there with, you know, some of these miracle moves um, that he can make with some of the saves. I feel like we've had kind of a long string of guys who um, even, you know, I don't want to just throw shade at Jimmy Howard because he, he had some successful years with us. Um just kind of more, uh, I'd say kind of stay at home goalies where I, you know, I don't expect a lot of flash or sizzle or, you know, anything like that coming out of them. And it feels like Nadelkovich is the first one we've had in a while. And it feels like he's pretty damn good at it. Um, did you want to I mean, touch on that too? I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've like stylistically. I, yeah, I've, I've, I've said kind of where my head was at, but I mean, like if you want to talk about. But it doesn't feel like the... irresponsible. It doesn't feel like irresponsible like the moves he makes. Like sometimes Hashik, you'd be like, Jesus Christ, just make the easy save. And it still feels like Nadelkovich is doing a really good job kind of being between those two worlds. I would say he's, he's progressed throughout the season. Cause there were instances early on in the season where you were kind of like, Oh God, because one, you weren't ready for it. You weren't used to it yet. But two, there were a couple of mistakes early on that actually, uh, I think very early on even cost us uh games. So um, I think the good thing is that he never let go of it, right? Like he didn't say, I've got to adjust my game. Clearly this isn't going to work. Instead, he improved it. He doubled down and he, and he's making it work. I mean, that's one of those things. Like if, if you're going through like business classes or like leadership training, you know, they, you're not, you're not supposed to drop that kind of stuff. Make, you know, drop the stuff that makes you unique. Uh, you've got to work on it. And if uh, it doesn't work for a little bit, that doesn't mean it needs to go away. That means you got to figure it out and uh, improve on, on what's going on, figure out what's going wrong and uh, see if you can find a way to make it better. Um, but that, I think that's where you got to pat him on the back is that he was steadfast. You know, he he didn't just give up on it because there were a couple of mistakes. And now really he's going to carry this in his game through the rest of the season. And and, and like I mentioned a, a minute ago, I think in the long term. um, this could really come into play and in like fixing how this team is going to be built. Um, but uh, in the short run, it's going to be fun to make sure we're getting more pucks away from the net and uh, getting the puck out of the zone, um, which is huge. It's something we've struggled with for years. And uh, if he's going to be stick handling the way he is, he's essentially given us that extra boost to get the puck out. And uh, you look in years past where we've been some of the, you know, the worst team teams team team in the league the last few years of being able to get the puck out of the zone it solves a lot of problems um it's pretty simple you know it's uh you come back to like uh uh 
the natural, you know, you, you hit the ball, you catch the ball, you throw the ball, you know, you, you get the puck out of the zone, you get it in the other team's zone and you throw it at the goalie. That's, that's pretty much the long and short of it with hockey. So if you can have a goalie, that's going to help you get the, get the puck out quicker or just limit the chance. That's something we've been talking about all season. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say. It's all just, it's just thumbs up all around. Um, I did want to bring up, speaking of uh, limiting chances, uh, I'm going in the wrong direction for my slides here, but how about all these boys limiting chances, Mike? Zadina, Lindstrom, Osterley, Ernie, and Rasmussen. Rasmussen probably playing his best game of the year. Of course, uh, now he's going to be going on COVID protocol, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah, um, I could not have come at a worse time. I, I would say, I'd give all these guys an A+. Um, and I, I did want to bring up uh, Crimson Shadow, I think, throughout there. He felt bad for Zadina. Dude was just getting shut down by Sorokin. Um, this is another Zadina game. Classic Zadina game. Everything is going right from an effort and decision standpoint. Just the puck's not going in the net. And, I mean, we're talking about some empty net chances too late in the game. So this is this is something for Zadina that this goes beyond um, – you know, this, this, I don't know if it's, if it is coaching, right? I mean, you said it in some previous episodes, like this is mental. Um, so, I mean, it, it, how do you solve that problem when it, when it truly is mental and there's so many things that are pointing at Zadina for every game to just add more evidence to the pool, including Mike, his reaction every time he gets one of those open looks and his immediate response, you know, you, you, uh, you'd like to think that these guys just let it roll you know, roll right off their back and they're just going to go into the next play. You got to be a, a goldfish. Um, as we learned from the Apple. TV oh, the short series. memory. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, oh but God, I got to say, uh, I mean, uh, what's the TV still, show called? No, I don't, I don't know what you're talking uh, about. <laughs> Nobody watches Apple show. TV, man. No. It's the soccer show. What, what the hell is it called? Somebody in the comments. Um, soccer and Apple TV. Come on, man. Are you talking Somebody about Jason Sudeikis? Yes. What's the show called? Come I don't on. watch Apple TV or soccer. I don't know. I, I mm. let you down. I just with Sedina, I I think you're nuts if you don't if you watch these games, if you actually watch the games, there's no way you could be throwing shade at this guy. Because I mean, would you rather have some goof get a fluky hat trick, one you know, magical miracle night, or Sedina night in, night out, just being on the cusp and still making a bunch of smart defensive plays? And Ted. Thank you, performance art. Ted Lasso saving uh, the Red Wings ran here. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, I, you take Sedina night in, night out. And I, I I talked about it last last episode. I think Blashill does too. When we talk about why isn't Sedina on the first line, it's because we trust this guy to carry a second line. Or, you know, you're going to say a third line. But you trust him because he makes so many good decisions uh, for the benefit of everybody else on the ship. Well, I mean, Bertuzzi goes into COVID protocol again, uh, so Zadina will be on the first line now with... Uh... Fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Of course, uh, Bertuzzi is back. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I think we saw Tara Hirose getting called up, and we have that uh, we have that in the notes. So I, I, it's one of those things where, like, a lot of things are going to have to go wrong for Zadina to get that shot on the first line. Like, I want to see where he can have some high, highly skilled line mates, Playing with them. We're not making, you know, we're done making excuses. I just want to see what it looks like. See if he can put some in the back of the net and gain some confidence where instead we're kind of making the decision that it's okay. He's not filling nets with pucks. Like he said, he was going to do, um, we'll figure it out later. And really, I, I think it's just, we're so antsy right now. This team could really be at a whole nother level. If you think about Zadina playing, uh, the way a top 10 pick would be playing, um, normally with this amount of development time uh and and we're just yeah you know we're not there i mean uh it would be great to have verona here too and then we're having this whole other conversation where we're making jokes about being in the wild card uh you know at the top of the show and then i i, I don't know how much that conversation changes probably quite a bit if verona's around and zadina's playing again like how i think we wanted him to play so i think we're all just frustrated that this is going to take longer than um we would have liked, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's super frustrating. Like I said, I think that's the, that's the word to land on. I think a lot of people that are begging for him to get traded, uh, because the puck's not hitting the back of the net. Um, 
I mean, just don't forget, like when we talk about expected goals for percentage, there's a whole nother side of that. He's limiting chances as well as Gustav Lindstrom and Osterley and Ernie and Rasmussen did last night too. So um, I would make the argument, Mike, uh, he brought this line up uh, even with the defensive pairing, uh, but he brought the third defensive pairing with him and the third line. And this turned into line number two last night from their performance. So um, if you still hate Sedino when that was one of the things he did last night, I can't help you. He, he elevated the third line to being the second best line on the team. So hat, hats off. Yeah. Um, I mean, That's I, I don't win. mind waxing poetic about him because I feel like there's something to wax poetic about Zadina every night, even though he's not scoring. Um, yeah, but I, I didn't mean, know if um, – because I know we're getting – we're kind of coming up against it here. Um, if you wanted to touch on um, yeah, we the, talked about, we talked the games about the that have not been canceled yet, it looks like we're still going to be playing tomorrow. Yeah, we talk about the Robbie Fabi contract way too long. <laughs> so, like, we're we're already a week late with that news too. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've got uh, the Hurricanes game. I mean, the Red Wings have players going on COVID protocol. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Carolina coming off COVID protocols. Actually, breaking news earlier today that they were going to play tomorrow. Uh, the official statement came from the NHL simultaneously. The NHL making the statement that they're um, going back to the old. Uh, COVID protocols and and uh, rules that they carried with them last season. I mean, the, the numbers are getting so bad. Um, you just hope that uh, enough people are vaccinated so that the death toll doesn't like shoot up. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we're getting closer to that moment where the conversations are going to start that across every sports league, uh, more games probably need to be canceled just to, like do everything we can to kind of snuff this stuff out. But, uh, you know, Mike, instead we're going to have people go into an arena and, uh, watch a silly game. Cause that's more fun. Right. Then it is just more doing, fun. Like the easy thing. Yeah. Um, we, we've anyways, already been to two games this year. Um, so if you want to pick a game to cancel, Mike, I would pick this one based off this chart. No Carolina Hurricanes secondary color is not blue. They just turned that damn good on this chart. Um, almost top to bottom, Mike. Uh, no, they are better than us in every facet of the game. Uh, but I guess top to bottom, they, they uh, for anybody listening to the podcast, we're looking at Jay Fresh's comparison between the Red Wings and the Hurricanes. And uh, when we talk about the blue color, that means any blue color, you're pretty much uh, you're, you're in like the top 10 of the league in statistics and save for power play goals, finishing, and five-on-five expected goals against. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes are in the top 10 in the league and everything else. Uh, Mike, they're they're top six in the league and everything else. And for most of those things, Mike, they're top three in the league. And for a couple of them, they're number one. So, yeah. I wouldn't mind if this game got canceled. I'll put that out there. I'll wait. I'll have them reschedule it when Verona's back. How's that sound? Um I made a pretty easy call, Mike, in the last game where I said, hey, it's the Islanders. We'll win. Um, And this one, Mike, I'm going to kind of go at it with the same vibe. Um, Hey, it's the Hurricanes. We're on the road. We're going to lose. I'm sorry. uh, We built up quite a... uh... I I mean, you know, resume here about what happens between uh, road and home games. so it's I'll say, uh, based on... how are we 500? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's uh, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, like like you'd say Nadelkovic, but then our ranking is 21 in the league for for Jay Fresh's advanced analytics breakdown of goaltending, which out of all positions, probably goaltending is the hardest one to find a way to measure it through advanced analytics. So. Maybe that's where we, it comes into play with the narrative of Nadelkovic playing the puck a lot and kind of going crazy uh, between the pipes. But um, yeah, but no, Crimson Shadow, that is comment of the episode. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, even um, performance art with a lull. Oh my God, that can't be right. What? Wow. Um, I think the... I'm excited because you're, you're about to. We're say going it. about the. This can't be right. 
Okay, it's 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 really good in there on their behalf. Um, but I know we were talking about like the Red Wings uh, goal differential and how that's kind of an indicator of you know what kind of offensive production, what kind of win loss record you're going to have. And yeah. we know we had that really rough week where we basically lost by three touchdowns. Um, so we uh, our goals for 79 this year, goals against 97. Um, Carolina's at a plus 27. Plus 27. Uh, so they've only given up 58 goals this year. Um, they've scored 85. So not one of the top, top teams, because we know we got some some people already hitting the hundreds. Jesus, the Avalanche already have 112. Um, but, I mean, this is – this is a superior offensive team. Uh, this is a team that's going to be at home. Bet, give me Carolina all day. Sorry. Um, yeah, I uh... – <laughs> Performance art, we suck. I, I don't know. We just uh, – I, I, I don't know. We're just spitting in the face of God every time we win because statistically we're such a horrendous team. But, you know, the, the, the win-loss record doesn't indicate that at all. Um, unfortunately it probably will by the end of the season, but you know what? We're not going to think about that right now. We're not going to think about how many times we played the Islanders already and kicked their ass. Um, I, I think it's just like, these numbers are so bad because when we lose, we lose hard we rocked. Right. And then we beat the <laughs> Islanders by one goal. So it's, that's probably what's going, that's how you become a 500 team and do this bad in the the advanced analytics. Because, I mean, just go back to last week. Mike, I don't know what you're talking about. We need to Avalanche, start, going, we need to start going college football. All right? Avalanche we need to start going college football. And when we yeah. play a team that we think we can beat, we pepper them with goals. We get three or four empty netters. That'll really pump our stats up for this thing. <laughs> yeah, think about the empty net chances we missed last night. I mean, those could have looked better. Also, no, my these statistics. are all five, five statistics. Yeah. wouldn't have counted. No. Um, um, if my statistics are off, I want you to realize I'm referencing NHLstats.com. So that's NHL.com stats. Plus 27? You said, are you looking at Colorado from last year or something? I, I don't know. Uh, No, I'm looking at Colorado right now. 112 goals for 86 against. Oh, goal, okay. I thought you said they were plus 112. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Wow. <laughs> no, that, like, what that's... are you looking at? Okay. I, I feel better now. Um, uh, <laughs> here's, uh, I, I, I haven't finished reading this, but I, I, I saw Jeff mentioned, um, I'm not sure how I feel about Jeff after the season season. He looks better with talent, but he is being carried by Larkin, uh, or is he being carried by Larkin, Cider, and Raymond? That depends on how you feel about coaches, I think, because I, Mike have been notorious for arguing Scotty Bowman did a hell of a job of negotiating when coaching start, 12 hall of famers when he would start coaching for the red wings uh was after the team was built to his liking how did bowman so, do it how, how did he find a way to coach shanahan Iserman, Federoff, lindstrom Konstantinov, <laughs> larianov koslov osgood Vernon. how did he do it and and i i know this is uh this puts me in this position yeah. where it's just like what are you kidding you dare Comment on the great Scotty Bowman, but I, I'm just I'm trying to make the point that sometimes the best How teams are the best Jackson teams. Win a single title with Shaq and Kobe on the same team. I don't know how I did it. Here's how did Phil Jackson win name with success, Michael Jordan? Name a successful coach not carried by talent. It's very. Oh, Larry Brown. Larry oh, Brown. There you go. You got one. He didn't have one top 50 player on that team. And most NBA titles are one with at least a single, usually two top 50 players. Can I can I say one thing, though, to kind of, like, take a dump on Larry Brown? Uh, sure. Why did he run away? I what think he knew that he wasn't going to be able to do, to, like, to get the magic again. I think there was a lot of magic involved with that 2004 Pistons season. And then he ran away and made Flip Saunders try and figure it out. <laughs> he wasn't able to. He got to game seven. We got no, it's game seven of the uh, finals and then game seven of the uh, Eastern Conference the next year. He, but. Yeah, he got to game seven of the yeah of the finals against the Spurs and then he lost to the, I believe, the Heat. In those <laughs> Jared's right. Dan Campbell is not being carried by the talent on that Lions team at all. So Jared with the win, he did it. That is the coach that is not being carried by talent. <laughs> Oh, um, can I throw one out there? Yeah. Um, um, AJ Hinch. 
I don't know who is on this Tiger team, but by God, they were almost good. <laughs> I don't know I, any yeah, of those guys. I, I, I know Casey Mize. He plays once just, every five days. I'm keeping my mouth shut because I, I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, who's on the Tigers? Go ahead and name somebody. If you say Cabrera, that doesn't count because he's hurt all the time. Go ahead. Name a Tiger batter. My my problem, too, is that we're always playing this game of, like, one coach is the best of all time. And then, like, um, I mean, look at what the Islanders look like this year. And I still, like, Barry Trotz is still one of those one of those coaches to me that I think can travel around and find some victories. I think earlier we were asked about uh, Boudreaux, who's now uh, coaching uh, with the Nucks, and they're on a five- or six-game winning streak. Um, but I, I really do think it's, it's – I'm – it's the talent around the team. Like, can I just say 99% of the time? So I, I, I don't think that you like, you don't win with a dummy, uh, like a really bad coach, but I, I just, I think there's the, I've said it before. I think the margin is like razor thin and sometimes everything just comes into play. Like it all just clicks. I don't the Canadians almost won the Stanley Cup last year. That's my final point on this. And now they're I, just in shambles. <laughs> I mean, Blashell, I, I don't know. I, I don't uh, I, I don't give him that as much grief anymore because I saw him create a, a design last year where we could be competitive in games by having the whole team turtle in limit chances. And this year he's got some guys, and so he totally changed his strategy to um, give more opportunities for a Lucas Raymond to succeed. Um, you know, to make Mo Sider look like a, a an asset on the offensive side. Um, obviously that again ties into talent, but I, I he's finding a way to manage it. And I think we know that this team is about five guys deep when you need about you know 20. So I I, I don't know, I'm, I'm still giving Blashell some credit. Um, <clears throat> I do performance art. You picked Babcock, I do want to dunk on this one real quick, but wasn't are, are, are we talking about the is this a Jagiri year? Where she lights out and then the when his save percentage dropped, they got swept. Is that is that where we're because that that would be if it is the Jagiri year, which I could be wrong. Um, that's where I would pull back on that one. Um, yeah, performance art said. I mean, that was the year, Mike, that the losing team got the uh, the Vesna winner because Jagiri was that good, so they gave him the. A few times that's happened. All right. <clears throat> that's my argument against it. Uh, again, I don't think... <sighs> I My argument is that the coaching, the, the ability to coach and great coaches and good coaches and okay coaches, I think that margin's razor thin. I think there's some really big dummies um, that have come along and uh, just really embarrassed themselves. Detroit Lions have... Uh, really been able to pull those guys in they're they're like a magnet and uh, i think you could stand out as a complete doofus and a moron but i i think when it comes to everybody else i think it's like razor thin and it comes down to having at the same time pavel datsuk sergey fedorov steve eiserman brad hall dominic Koshik, um thomas holmstrom darren mccarty chris draper kirk mulpey uh, i'm done i'm gonna <laughs> Like, when that happens, yeah, you're going to win some cups. Okay. Where was I? Mike, I think we're about ready to wrap up, right? Because I'm picking a loss. Oh, we've got another game, though. We started talking uh, about the Lions. Yeah, this this episode's almost over. Real quick. Wings and doubles. Yeah. This one is a better matchup. We are home. I'm going to pick the wingies. Uh, so we're going to lose. This is a 500 team, Mike. We're going we're gonna to get crushed by the Hurricanes. And then we're going to squeak one out against the New Jersey Devils. How does that sound? The now, uh, the now Bernier-less Devils. Um, I mean, Carolina is a guaranteed loss. And I think that the Devils, they uh, they struggle to score. This is a pretty good matchup for us to uh, keep up with our, our season so far statistically. To win a game, still be 500, and still have just god-awful ranks and everything else. <laughs> Yeah, and I think uh, New Jersey's bad enough too. We actually might see. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say one of our players uh, that on a drought. It'll probably be it'll probably be Bertuzzi, right? Uh, he'll he'll go on a tear. He'll he'll put up like six goals against New Jersey or something, and then they'll be like, see, he is the best of all. Th-. Okay, this feels anyway. like a game that uh, Puse is gonna get a goal. <clears throat> 
That's a good name. I'm Give hoping it's Sedina. <laughs> Give me the pew, 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 pews. Pews. All right. Was all that right. was that all my slides? All right. Yeah. And uh, we'll have, uh, we'll probably have um, Chris Kulo and, uh, of course, uh, Tara Hirose. I, I don't care. I'm never going to be able to say Kyle's name. I don't care. <laughs> no, Chris Kulo? Sure. Chris Kulo. Chris Kulo. I don't, I don't care. I can't say it. I, I, I can't. Uh, and that's, of course, because we'll be without Robbie Fabry and Michael Rasmussen. Um, so that probably goes into more of the reason why we're going to get crushed. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast tonight against Carolina. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe Tara Hirose will come in and he'll just be lights out. I, can I Can I say, though, yeah, like, th- that's like a great substitution, Fabry, for Tara Hirose. Can I say that? Is anybody else on board with that? I think if you're um, going to take out Fabry and replace him with anybody on the Griffins right now, like Hirose is like an almost perfect fit. Like the the thing that Hirose will replace Fabry for in every facet of the game is perfect, except for you know the odd circumstance where Fabry still takes faceoffs. Scratch that. Everything else. Well, sometimes it's fun to be on an island, you know. Remember Castaway? That could be you, Matt. You and Hirose. Hirose could be your little Wilson. Jared brought out my favorite name. Miro Shishenko. Yeah, this will be our sign-off. Thanks for listening to Red Wings Rant. Ivan Miro Shishenko. And a happy, you know, a happy Ivan Miro Shishenko day to you too, man. (laughs) Good one, everybody.